Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. It's the age-old problem, back from the schoolyard and now in family court. He said this, she said that, and no one knows who to believe. So this episode is really getting to the crux of the issue that we get so many questions about, about what do you do when they've written something that's completely different to what your recollection of the situation is and what you can do about it? Welcome, Mum. Thanks for joining us. Hello, Laura. That's a big question. Hello, everyone. I think it it came to me in the middle of the night. We were going to do a different episode, but I just thought there's so many people that message us in constantly that say, oh, just he's saying this and it's not true and and, and they're freaking out. And some people, like, we've helped them, haven't we, Mum? Say, don't freak out about that. It's not important. So we're going to talk today about what's important for your case in the he said, she said battle and what's not important for your case Mm. in the he said, she said battle. We're also going to talk about what do you do about, what do you do about it, the important stuff, what happens if someone gets caught out in telling a lie and what happens if they don't get caught out and they get away with their lie. And then we're going to talk about the not important he said, she says and, and what you can do about it. Even though it's not important to your case, it's still probably important to you. It burns you up. It burns you yes. up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I think it's really, that's the crux of it's divorce court. and property settlement in general. It's he said, she said. It is. Really? If everyone agreed on all of the facts, uh, we'd almost just be able to say, well, um, let's get a panel of three people to look at it and come to, come with an answer or or your lawyers will be able to tell you the truth. It's the facts where we have the lies, We don't where we have the problems. It's not often there's a, a difficulty in interpreting the law. It's just what are the facts. So, mm. yeah. And when does it, uh, when are there opportunities to have these he said, she said battles? I'm guessing, first of all, there's the opportunity when they go see a lawyer. Yep. And they tell their lawyer fibs and then the lawyer yep. writes it and sends it to you and it can set you off. I've been there. Um, seeing mm. it in writing on a lawyer's letterhead, an absolute blinding untruth, uh, can really upset a person. Yeah, and particularly if you're like one of those people in school that never wanted to get in trouble with anyone and you always wanted to do the right thing and you pride yourself on being a good person and you get an official letter from somebody with some degree who's a lawyer and you're like, oh, my God, this person, let alone the person that wrote it, but this person thinks it. So I guess that you could go into a huge spiral of, ah, the world's wrong, history's wrong. So So I guess that could be, it could happen, he said, she said, said just at the lawyer stage yep I guess it could happen even before the lawyer stage with family and friends yes absolutely but I guess that's in 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 divorce and we're dealing with the divorce side of things we can talk about that later but this is we're talking about what's important for your case there's he said she said potential in mediation too isn't there mum yes. or FDRs yeah there are yeah there are and that's where it's important to distill the, the important from the not important I mean you've already yes. established that you can't be with this person because you are too different um so yes. if they are going to lie that's not your job to put everything right um, with yes. that, although I take on board what you said, Laura, um, I, I agree that 
a person who gets an official letter feels like there's a risk that their lawyer now won't believe them and that the other mm. lawyer, of course, doesn't believe And then, then, of course, it goes later on, as you know, into family court and then it's in on the record. So it's and I guess that's drama. the next yes. That's the next he said. She said in, I guess, affidavits. Yes. Oh, yes. Affidavits are, yes. are the huge, he said, she yes. said, because they're literally his affidavit and her affidavit or hers and hers or his and his. So I guess they're the main places where there's this he said, she said mm. situation. And then in the witness so, box. In the witness box. Oh, true. Yeah, at the true. trial. Yes. Which hopefully no one will get to who listens to this That's that right. will settle outside of court. Yes. Only 2%, didn't you say, Mum? It's about 2%. End up in the witness box? Yeah, end up in the witness okay. box. Okay, and if, if you are listening and you're going into this witness box, you can take this on board still for the he said, she yes. said. Yep. So, Mum, what? how do you know what's important and what's not? Okay, you probably have to ask your lawyer because what's important to you um, are the things that attack your very character. You know, like you said, if you're a good person, um, if you've never done anything wrong to be accused of wrongdoing can really feel terribly important or if you've been Mm. a good housekeeper um, and then they write a letter and say the house was a mess which happened to me once and I was (laughs) I was a law student at the time and I was unbelievably offended (laughs) about it yeah Um, and and was great pains to explain to my lawyer that no I left the house spotless um so and or if you're a baker or something and they say oh she never cooked anything or she didn't do this or one of the things is where they take ownership of something you did in the marriage you know oh Mm. I was always the one who organized movie nights or games night or you know we went out on Fridays yes when in fact that's a big fat porky pie (laughs) and yeah that burns yeah but out of those things, I think you really have to talk to your lawyer and find out what's important. So here's and how does a lawyer determine why, what's they just important? Look at what the court will care about. What are those right. factors that might change the percentage of time you get with the kids, or that might change the amount of money you get in your breakup of the finances? And so that's confined, and we've talked about it before. Those sections of the Family Law Act. So the court, will, so the the lawyer will know. So so that's what I said. That the things that are important are the things that will the lawyer takes on board to calculate your likely entitlement, and the things that the court will take on board. They're the important. Okay, we've done a three part series on property settlement. Yes, we talk about contributions, yes. future needs. So you can go and listen to those. And if we discuss anything in there that we say the court looks at that, they're important. Yes. And with custody and children's matters, the court's looking at things like: is the parent capable? Mm-hmm. Is there domestic violence? Has there been abuse? Is there, you know, where do they live in relation to all that sort of stuff? Yep. So and have are a look they at the- child support and. And yes. yes. So have a listen to that episode as well. I'll yes. put those in the show notes. But really, like you said, Mum, they're just looking at what's important because that's what the law is yep. and the what the judge is going to be yes. looking at. I, I think it's like a need-to-know basis. So you can imagine after 12 or 20 years of marriage, people have got a lot of stories. And in their minds, there are a lot of reasons why the marriage didn't work out and lots of hurts mm. and injustices in their minds. Um, mm. And the court would go crazy trying to balance all of that. So they are very clear on the things that they look at. And so your client, your lawyer has to kind of distill from what you tell her or him to what, what's important. So things like uh, I've had people argue over the date of a separation. That's terribly important, you know. Yes. Um, it might mean that if you if the date of separation is wrong in a de facto pe- 
situation where you've got to apply for property in two years, you might be out of time. So that's very important to look at. Um, Also, the length of the marriage, when you got together, that's important as well. And then, Mm. um, and who did what during the relationship, uh, that's important. Some people talk about that one person did nothing or they just Mm. minded the kids or whatever. Not that that's nothing. No, <laughs> just well, mind just the kids. The the kids. Job um, is their way yeah. of saying. Didn't you say the fat? I call fat, it the fat. Fat. Well, the one word beginning with a. The, yes, but the fat, the fat butt butt argument, butt. the fat house, which is a terrible argument. It because, is, but yes, they will say that, children. and and you can say you you don't have to go into the details on that. It's important, but it's enough that you were the person who cared for the kids. Um, yeah. so that the other person could go out and earn all the money yes. or whatever it is. So, yes. yes. So that is important. It is important. If, you know, or also that. important are other contributions like um, it's important if you if you got money from your family during the relationship or if you got a, a superannuation payout or a redundancy mm. payout. They're important things. Um, or you owned a house before you got together. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. The thing, okay. Yeah. The thing what are not what are not important, Mum? Okay, uh, if you were a bad housekeeper, if you okay. uh, wouldn't get out of bed in the morning to take the kids to school, um, or if he if he or she says you never help with their homework anyway, or my parents never liked you, or um, yeah, that sort of stuff. That's not so. Important. Just really, it's the poking stuff things. they say to hurt you. Okay. Yeah. So, so first of all, you've got this. He said, she said. You go to the lawyers if you're going to a lawyer. If not, you're dealing with yourself through letters mm. and negotiations. You, you get a letter, say, or as a lawyer or as a self-represented person, and it might say, your client has done this and this and this, um, and is a very naughty girl or a very naughty mm-hmm. boy. Do you respond to the relevant things and ignore? that you only gave red jelly beans to the children and not all the colours of the rainbow jelly beans to the children, just as like, do you know what I mean? Or do you... If you're in a letter, if it's in a letter stage, um, it's a mere sentence, do you know? So you just say, uh, uh, like, as for the jelly beans, no, I gave all colours of jelly beans. As for this, just just state your truth. And and for the clients, I find, when they see their side of it in writing, they feel a lot better. It's while you've mm. only got the the lies in writing that they feel vulnerable. Once you can put the response right. in writing, and then and then it it may never come to anything because the jelly beans don't feature in the Family Law Act, and you might yes. agree to disagree. You know, but from your point of view, you've cleared the record. You've set put your side. They put their side. But no one has to decide on that because it's not relevant. Okay. What about with an affidavit? So you, you haven't been able to settle in mediation mm. and FDRs and conciliation conferences. Someone's put an application in. You're going to go to court to sort out mm. the last issues. And when you file an application, you also have to attach an affidavit. Yes. And if you'd like to do that, that we have an, uh, a section on that that you can mm. listen to on our podcast. But in that affidavit, perhaps they write a whole bunch of not important and important together. In- Pants, pants on fire lies. Yes. So what do you do in that instance? I think you need to say, um, as for his assertion or her assertion that I dut, 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 I deny them all, as for... Where do you say that? 
um, in your affidavit, just I refer oh, so to in his affidavit, response? yeah, in your response, yep. and in, as in relation to this, 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 and this, I, de- I deny those things happen. Um, but then um, when you get to the important ones, they should have a paragraph of their own, like date of separation, and you should attach your proof. This is where proof is important. Okay, so when you're doing your affidavit, so we've always talked about at setting it out under the headings of the section of the mm-hmm. app, then what, just down the bottom, <laughs> in response to their affidavit where they've said, I only gave red jelly beans, I, in fact, deny that. Well, you don't have to get into it. No, because it's not, because it's not, it's not part of section 79 or, or section right. 75. Um, and, or you can say, um, in in respect of the rest of the affidavit and the allegations that he she makes against me, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I say they are not true, but I don't propose yep. to address them in this affidavit. Okay, so if you don't address their lies, mm-hmm. if you don't address the he said, she said issues mm-hmm. and you just don't mention it, mm-hmm. like they write, oh, she only gave red jelly beans, mm-hmm. she never gave rainbow ones, or something that actually was important, uh, she never, I don't know, what's something that's important? Um, she never looked after the children, yes. yeah. never got out of bed, yeah. stayed in bed for 10 years and mm-hmm. never got out of bed. If you don't address that in your response affidavit, what happens? Well, you're stuffed really with that one. Really? The, the hard ones you have to address in your affidavit. In the family courts, your primary evidence is by affidavit. And so okay. when it's when you put your affidavit in, that's got to be your whole story, okay? Right. And so yeah. um, I would hope that the other side would never mention, um, you know, what colour dresses you wore or how you wouldn't um, cook dinner or, you know, things that are, well, the jelly bean sort of things, the unimportant stuff you'd hope has been filtered out by the lawyer or the person writing their affidavit because they're sticking to the act. But, yes. Yes. um, And so anything that's important, you do need to address it in your affidavit, even if you haven't got proof. But it's best if you can say, no, actually, this is what happens and here's the proof. Okay, what kind of proof? Here, well, okay, so date of set, let's say date we got together is how I get. Yeah. Okay. Here, um, yeah. I've attached, uh, next here too is a photo of us at um, Hamilton Island at Christmas yes. that year. And here's my Facebook posts from us, you know, living together or with date mm. of separation, something similar. Here's the, okay. here are the tickets where we went to America or we went to, England, you know, so um, find the evidence by way of photos or usually documentary evidence. Before we move on to if you can't find it, mm. so you can use Facebook, yeah, Facebook memories, Facebook memories absolutely. Uh, Instagram, yeah, photos, letters, cards, um, anything that you've what, got that sort of just proves that you were what around. A, what about, say, for example, you can't prove it, but you know you got together on this date and your bestie was there? Well, that's where I was going then. So you can, okay. go, you can ask your bestie to give you an affidavit. And if it's a really important issue, like, you know, the date of, co- date of cohabitation and the difference is going to make a big difference to your payout between what he mm-hmm. says and she says, uh, then you might get a, a few people who can prove, who can say it, um, not okay. necessarily your best friend. It might be that you can find the day that you went on to a family um, uh, health um, insurance together. Okay. You know, yes. that's something yeah. people do or that you change okay. the electoral roll address and moved in together. Ah. So there's lots of ways that you can, you yes. just got to think 
I guess, so if we could do a little brainstorm session mm. for those people that are freaking out. So they've mm. either got a lawyer letter right now and it's like full of he said, she mm-hmm. said craziness or they've got an affidavit that's full of baloney yep. um, and their ex's pants are on fire everywhere yep. or they're going to sit in a witness box and deal with it. Mm. I guess what are some... What are some really out-of-the-box ways, Mum, that you've dealt with in the past to get evidence? Tickets. Tickets to shows. Um, yeah. Christmas cards from the mother. Um, Ooh. I had one. From that, from the, from the mother ex's mother, yes. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, How does that help? Well, it was to both of them. Ah. Yes. yes. So, you know, oh, it was sort of not as cogent. Like it just proved they were at least seeing each other, but it helped. Mm. Um, in a case. Do school records help? Uh, sometimes if that person's been put on as the emergency collector of the child or an emergency okay. contact. Yep. Um, yep. I did have a case years and years ago where the father said the baby wasn't his. But. Uh, um, nowadays they just do DNA tests, but he declined to do a DNA test. And we were able to just show the the gifts and things and him writing the thank you cards for the gifts for the child and how it looked like him. Isn't that terrible? I thought you were going to say that there was a tape or something. No. But that's it. No. <laughs> So, Mum, my question for you in regards to that then is, say, say for example, there was an altercation at, uh, I don't know, someone was at the movies and there was a fight um, mm. or they're at the school and there was some altercation or and there's video or voice mm-hmm. recording. How do you use that in an affidavit? Uh, you say, this is what happened, here's a transcript of what was said and I've got the video available to play in the court right yes okay so and and that no one like so make sure that you have it available but you don't have to somehow put it into no you need to tell the court that you're going to want to play something um okay and that'll that'll be you'll communicate to the court you'll tell the other side that you've got it they may want to listen to it uh and that's it's that's really helpful actually Um, videos and voice yes and voice messages oh my goodness so are you allowed to use a voice message of someone if they didn't know you recorded them? Well, they're recording it. They've left you a message. They recorded it. And ah, it's so if it's a voicemail message. Yes. But what if you've got your phone on and you recorded uh, something? Well, the law is no? different in state, different states in Australia. Okay. You must not ever connect anything to your phone, though. Um, because that's mm. intercepting a telecommunication. Uh, in, in that's some called states, stalking. <laughs> yes. yes. In some <laughs> states, um, you can record if you've got an external device like a tape recorder or, or another phone that records so that you're only recording what comes out of the speaker, not anything before it comes out of the speaker. You know, that's the difference with the intercepting. And you're able to do that if you're one of the parties to the conversation. If it's for right. children's matters um, and you have recorded illegally and you'll need to get some advice before you put your hand up in the court to say that, mm. um, it, it still may be admissible if it's really uh, important evidence for the welfare of the children, but you wouldn't be able to get mm. it in usually for property matters. Okay. Yeah, and it's a bit of okay. a risk. Mm. Right. And I guess if there's police incidents or anything like that yep. in regarding to children's matters, uh, 
you could subpoena the police and they've got They've got their records. That's exactly right. And so has um, the the children's services in each state have their records, you know. And and, and if you are listening and you're currently in a coercive control or domestic violence situation, we do have episodes that you can listen to with that. But if you're trying to prove the he said, she said in the DV situation, every time you make a report to the police, you can get a printout of your statement that's created by the police. You don't even need to subpoena the police. You can just put that as an attachment in your affidavit to show that that incident was reported to the police. So it's at least some sort of proof of a situation. Um, So that's something that you can consider if you're listening. You know what, Laura, in a coercive control relationship, a lot of people won't report um, uh, and they'll, they'll stay in it or, you know, even after they separate, they don't report for the first few times. But once you get your strength back, guys, um, then you can do that. And even if nothing comes of it, Mm -hmm. if you've got 60,000 reports and it's just constant little, little painful things, um, sometimes that helps to prove a pattern of bad behaviour, a pattern of controlling behaviour. All right. Okay. So they're the kind of proofs you can have. So photos, videos, voice messages, Christmas cards. uh, Insta, all of your socials. Go through your... What about diaries? Sorry to interrupt this episode, but we have a really important announcement that very well might just help you out. Are you feeling confused, lost, scared, and overwhelmed by the family law legal jargon and processes? Join the club. Now it's your chance to empower, educate, and equip yourself with the legal know-how and tools you need to get divorced and finally settle. Introducing the DIY Divorce Blueprint, created lovingly by Mum and Me. We've downloaded Mum's Brains into to 42 video lessons along with over 100 templates and worksheets that you can use to create and settle your property and children's matters. Follow our guide and steps and templates to get yourself finally settled in divorce. Use it as a guide with your lawyer or without, but hopefully using this DIY divorce blueprint, you can stay out of court and you can get it settled and sorted at a fraction of the price. Click the link in the show notes to find out more or go to the divorce course.com.au backslash enroll. See you then. What about diaries? Can you use diaries? Your own diary. Um, <laughs> of course. Of course. Um, <laughs> what about kids? Sometimes, sometimes the court will let those in. Your diary, of course, might have been set up to be self-serving or it might you might have just well, written it last true. night. Uh, so yes. that, the court's a bit wary about diaries. Uh, yeah, it's beautiful FaceTime and and uh, and uh, you know find my phone and all of those things that have uh, and an Insta where you've told your story True. as you go along um, are good mm. for proving good things, but people seldom put bad things on Facebook. I did hear a story um, of someone whose uncle. Uh, wrote a diary every day of his life, wrote a page of his diary every day of his life, and he just wrote down what he saw or what happened every day. And in that he wrote that he'd seen certain abuse and that ended up being evidence yes. uh, that was used to help somebody else. So I guess they must have believed that that uncle's diary was legit. Yep. But I guess, you know. Um, so, okay. So, weight, right? They give different weight to different sorts of evidence. Yes. So they might have yep. said, look, it would have had more power if it was written by a stranger or someone who wasn't her relation. However, mm. you know, it, it's got some weight because 
we can see that this history and he's just a factual recorder, you know. Okay. So you've got your proof, you've put it in your affidavit yes. to respond to the big lie, lie, pants on fire yeah. affidavit that they've written. My question to you is what happens if you're the one who's applied and you're putting in your affidavit in first, Yes. but you know they're going to write a whole bunch of liar, liar, pants on fire stuff. Do you, do you get to write a second one? Do you Sometimes get to you get to file a response or a reply. So the court changes yeah. between both affidavits having to go in at once or, oh. with, yes, which is a worry when it comes up to trial, um, mm. or at the moment whoever applies first files the first affidavit, then someone files one of their own, and then you get the right to file one in reply to respond right. to the really bad fibs, you know. Okay. I feel like we talked about this another time, and I think you said that the court had practice management things where you could only file one. Or is that only in a trial situation? Sometimes in a trial, if they give that for trial okay. management, they say every, all your evidence needs to be in one big affidavit, and that's your trial yes. affidavit. And I guess if you're in a trial and you can only do that one affidavit, if they do write big lie, lie, pants on fire things, the way to deal with it is in the witness box? Well, a little bit. But here's the thing. By the time you get to trial, um, everything should have come out that they were going to rely on. They should have – It's it, they telegraph what they're going to do. They let, you can tell it's what they might say in their first letter or some of the lies they've put in previous affidavits. So you go, okay, that's their that's – their, big lie that's the way they're going to put it so then you can address it in your affidavit mm. saying look in the earlier material he said this or she said that you you address it you respond but then but then um if they come up with anything brand new on their trial affidavit the obvious mm. question to them in the witness box is why never why did you never mention this before we've been in court yeah. for a year yeah I, and, and I guess, like you said, they kind of give an indication of what kind of lies they're throwing out there. Um, one of the things you mentioned in your in our mediation episode is that if it is unsuccessful uh, and you are going to trial and you are going to have to keep fighting, it's another good indication as to what the arguments are going to be because you sat in mediation and they gave it the red-hot go in mediation. Yes. So that's another place you I'll can, if you are the like <laughs> a lawyer out of you yet, Laura. I'm giving away all my no. tips. <laughs> yes. But use that mediation mm. to go, okay, they raise these issues. I'm going to address them in my affidavit mm-hmm. because they're probably going to raise them in the trial. Okay, so what happens if they get caught out? So you hand in an affidavit and they hand in an affidavit and yours has got photographic proof that you gave Rainbow jelly beans. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, what happens? Well, the court will then prefer the evidence of the person who's got the proof, um, and then the consequence is that the other person who who's told a fib and got caught out um, will be their credit is damaged in the eyes of the court, and therefore when when there's an issue where it is literally he said, she said, and there's no way of proving anything and a lot of things in a marriage happen in the house, behind closed doors, um, the court will say, well, he lied on this other thing or she lied on that other thing, so we're not going to, we're going to prefer the evidence of the person that we haven't already caught out in a lie. 
So it can come down to those things. So as many things as you can disprove of theirs and Mm. support your evidence with with, uh, documentary proof, um, Mm. then you're really leaving them very little wiggle room. And if they lie, if they lie, then um, the court's going to find accordingly. So you call that credit. Yeah. So is that like a legal term yeah. that's used Credibility, really. Yeah. So, oh, okay. So okay. we say, uh, you know, that, that lawyer's, uh, that witness, um, we've, we've attacked that witness's credit. Um, her, right. His version is not credible or it's credible, but at this stage um, we're more inclined to believe the other person's story because they haven't been caught out in a lie. So, yes, it, it's a finding as to credit, we say, and it doesn't mean what you owe. It's whether you're credible, whether you're honest or not. So I guess if you are up against someone who has told so many lies or a lot of different versions and you can't, you've scoured your emails, your mm. phone, your tickets, your everything, and you can't find any proof, if you've proven some of them as lies, then that's a consolation that perhaps the judge might believe you over them because they've been found out that's to right. be a bit of a lie, lie, pants well on said. fire. Well said. Okay. So what happens then if they, oh, sorry, before that, so that's on a court level. What about if it's just legal backwards and forwardsing and that's a letter writing and then you write back and go, no, actually that's not true. Here's my proof. To the other lawyer, what yeah. happens in a in a in our office if you're the lawyer and your client gets caught out lying? Well, what do you do? There's a pretty hard conversation then to be had. Um, if my client has been caught out in the fib, um, I, I'll be saying to the client, "Well, um, did you see that letter? Do you see what they've said? What what have you got to say about that?" Now, sometimes it's, "Oh my goodness, I could have sworn it was the other way." I completely, "Oh well, okay." Okay, maybe it was that. Sorry, I got it wrong. And people do forget over a period of time. Or it might be a more uncomfortable conversation where they actually have lied um, and then the lawyer will have a very serious talk to them um, about whether they remain their client or not um, and about the consequences for them of telling untruths. Um, As for back and forwards, I normally, when I'm writing to someone that said that where their client has given them instructions, my client says it's a lie. I write back, say it's a lie, and here's the proof. And usually it doesn't go very far from there. I, I imagine they get their client in and have a word um, because you, you'll really damage your case if you start telling fibs, you know. Okay. And, and I don't want to be if- the one to go to court with someone who's who lies too much. I mean, an accident is okay. Um, yes. But, you know. And it is important to remember a lot of, like you said, a lot of these things happen years ago yeah. and you might just have a different recollection and that's fine. And you've said before, when we've talked about affidavits before, if if you realise later mm. that you have put something in your affidavit that's wrong, they give you an opportunity in the trial, don't yes. they, to say, to make the yeah, I want to change this. So, so when you first get yeah. up in the witness box, they'll say, you know, what is your name, full state, your full name and address, um, and you swore this affidavit on this day in this month, yes, is there anything you want to change in your affidavit? And then yeah. that's where you can say, oh, look, um, at paragraph 38, I said we went to the monkey park on Sunday. In fact, we didn't go to the monkey park. We went to the beach. Something like that. Okay. You know, you just clarify that. So can you, or is this just American TV, can you go to jail for, for telling a lie? Is that what it's called, perjury? Yeah, technically you can. If you tell a lie under oath, 
you can go to yes. jail. Whoopsies. Yes. Um, so you don't want that. No. And I guess when you're signing an affidavit, you know, you've got to do the swearing and mm. you've got to see the JP and or see a lawyer mm. and it's all very serious and, you know, it's all in a Bible or you affirm it. I mean, it is a big, serious document. And in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking, is this going to come like anything that anyone does in court one day in a thousand years? Are they going to be going through all our documents and reading what we were like as humans back then? But, but I don't it just, think you know, so. it's history. <laughs> but I know, but it's, 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 it's your word on paper in an official That's document. Right. You want to be a hundred percent sure everything you write is accurate yeah. and, and maybe go through it again and go, am I a hundred percent sure or can I reword that to make it? A hundred percent sure. Or if you're not a hundred percent sure, say that. I, yeah. I, I'm yeah. not a hundred percent sure, but my distinct mm. recollection is that we drove uh, her car to there we go Melbourne. Yeah. So if you've got no proof and you're racking your brain and you're like, I'm sure that's not what happened. Mm. I vaguely remember this. You could say. I don't have a full recollection of what occurred, but I do remember feeling this way because this happened. Yes. Or I do remember that we went down this road. Yep. And I, I was know, worried about because it wasn't in the four-wheel drive or something like that. Do you have your Okay, heard, so if you don't have yeah. yeah. Uh, have you heard the expression, I could have sworn that's where I left it? <laughs> have you heard that? <laughs> that is, People say it all the time. Yeah, I, I just wonder sometimes if it's old lady stuff or not. And and oh. that's because you were swearing an affidavit, you know, so help me God sort of thing. That's the old way sworn. of doing it. Yeah, so I could have sworn it was in the right. That means I was so sure I would have sworn it in an affidavit. I would have sworn it in Right. A oh, there you go. Is that where the saying that's where comes, it comes from? from? Well, there you go. There you go. There you go. Okay. All right. Let's cover then the not important, mm-hmm. Mum, because it's not important for the court. It's not important for your case. But like we said, for your core being, mm. <laughs> it can be really important. These little things, like you said, the how it really upset oh, yes. you that they said you were a bad yes. housekeeper or, or if someone says, you know, you you really bad runner or I don't know what it Mm. is but you know or or attacking their parenting Mm. ability or their parenting skill or how do you deal with your clients when they're like but I am a good parent or but I you know I did clean the house every day or how do you help them get through that um well you know I have to say that it was said to hurt you it was said because they know that would upset you you know look at Mm. their motives um, talk to a friend, write a response. I can't put that in the affidavit. I'm sorry, I've got I've got an obligation to the court to stick to the things that are relevant to your proceedings. But by all means, write a long letter um, of everything that he did and said and all of the things that are wrong. You'll feel better, um, but I can't mm. sort of do anything with it much. Um, once in a mediation, my client was very hurt and she wrote a big, long statement directly to to the other person about how the family had been damaged and the pain that this person had caused. And she brought it with her to mediation. Uh, it was completely not not necessary, well, not used in the, yes. you know, who had the Foxtel remote, who forgot the birthdays, all of that. Mm. Uh, however, the registrar, who is now a judge, let her read it out to her, it was a woman, to her partner, um, and we were all kind of squirming because she didn't hold any punches. But 
oh, she gosh. felt so much better afterwards. Mm. So I often okay. think um, there's room in the court can't have all of the information. We can't have all the who did what to the Tupperware and all of that. Um, but it doesn't make it any less important to a person. And sometimes I think they would like the opportunity to write it down, seal it in an envelope and, like, and store it on the file with all of the other stuff, even if the judge never reads it. Because, mm. yes, you feel like you're being misrepresented. Well, I guess, you know, like you said, Mum, you're telling your clients they're doing this to hurt you, they're doing this to trigger you. Mm-hmm. It could make you spin into a spin and, and you might appear to other people that you're really going downhill and when because mm. you, you're not dealing with this attack because they know what your triggers are. They've lived with you forever. They know what yeah. you care about. They know what you have as the core of your being. So I guess I can see that's a great way. And, and another thing they do, uh, people do, is they might use something that will distract and upset a, uh, their ex as a sort of red herring to distract them from what's really going on. Uh, they might vigorously debate an unnecessary point while all the time, I don't know, they're selling houses or or something. Are lawyers, do lawyers do that or is it just the lawyers, self-rep people? No, I, I would hope sincerely that no lawyer would ever do that. Um, okay. But, but of course, it lawyers is what in their instructions by their client. The client might mm. be saying, this is the very most important thing to me um, and mm. you need to write to that other person and tell them this, which they know in their heart will set right. them off. Um, and in the meantime, yes. the client is busily doing stuff, not telling their Just, lawyer. So it's a look over here trick Absolutely. while I do something that you're yes. not paying any attention to. Yes, that's right. Okay, and so I guess... Go and see a psychologist, go and talk to some friends Mm -hmm. that you can trust and really let it out. Write it in a journal. As long as you don't have kids, they're going to read your journal. Uh, There was a a book called The Breakup Boss and there was an app in The Breakup Boss where you could send messages that you would otherwise have sent to your ex after breaking up with them. It's like a boyfriend-girlfriend thing. And you could press send and it would go, but it wouldn't be sent to anyone. But it would feel like... You've, you've sent ah. your word because a lot of people get ghosted these days. It's like a thing. So they would send these messages off and it was kind of like a, you know, a, release. a, a way yeah. to get, we get it off burn, your chest and We feel used better. to burn those statements. Those, they used to call them a oh, discretion statement years ago. Do you remember before when the old family law, um, laws no, I don't remember well, before the old I don't even remember. Um, but <laughs> even I, even I don't remember. But in the old days, uh, those they burned papers in well, the family no, they'd, court. They'd have no. They they'd have to find out. You couldn't get a divorce just because you had broken down. Your marriage had broken down, right? And it it was yeah. evidenced by a year's separation. You had to prove maybe adultery or something like that. Right. And the scandalous details of the adultery used to be written in a document called a discretion statement. So it would be folded up, but no one would read it except the judge would read it. The eyebrows would go up. They'd fold it back up. But, yes, so I say we should be able to do discretion statements about all of those things, but then instead of sending, hitting send, burn it, you know. Yeah. It's also good. Yeah, safely. Burn it safely. safely. Yes. In a, in a non-fire, yes. like a fireproof space. Yes. 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 Okay. So, look, I think. And, and I think it's important in the he said, she said with the co-parenting world um, mm. and moving forward, even once you go past court, it's a good reminder what's important 
do you need to be arguing these things? We've just recently did a TikTok on, you know, how to just go, you know what, that's your opinion. I don't need to argue this that's with right. you. Shut it down. That's what you uh, have because to Because arguing back and forth is a waste of energy, really. If you expect, you know this person too, and you can expect they're going to do what they're going to do. And the key is to work yourself to a point where it doesn't upset you anymore yes and the good news is the he said she said eventually stops because the court will eventually make a decision or you will eventually come to an agreement and then if they're saying things about you then it doesn't matter hopefully they're not really in your space anymore and you know you don't have to deal and if you are a co-parent treat it like a business transaction and talk to them like you are a business and you are part parent uh uh, partners in a business raising children, uh, which sounds a little heartless, but it helps if you are stuck in that world of constant he said, she said, because it can get tired. I mean, even as a parent now, when my my kids have a fight, she says one thing, she says another, and I'm like, ugh. And I guess that must be how a judge feels, <laughs> just constant sure they do. sitting there in a room going, oh, my God, I am so sick. And they can't do what we did with you kids when you were little, remember? You both got sent to your rooms, no matter whose yeah. fault it was, because we didn't think we could work out who it was. <laughs> Yes, or that shirt that I saw on Pinterest where it's two kids in it and it's called the get-along oh, shirt a great and you just put shirt. them in it. So, yeah, imagine if that was a court's way of dealing with the he said, she said, just put them in a shirt. Um, anyway, so, Mum, thank you for just kind of, I think it's an important issue for everyone because really when it comes down to it, settlement, custody, property, it all comes down to he said, she said. Yeah. And and I think it's 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 a good feeling to know that, you know, this doesn't last forever narrow it down. Is it important? Is it not important? Ask your lawyer. And if you don't have your lawyer, look at the sections of the act that we list in our course and list in our podcast and ask yourself, is it, is this issue, jelly beans, mm. important? Mm. And if it's not, then let it go. Um, and, you know, maybe if you're, if you're clever, if, if you've got a really horrible, manipulative and controlling ex, document everything. Even if you think it's not that relevant, you don't need to give it to the court. But if they come out with an affidavit two years later and it is full of stuff, you've got all that documentation there and you're fine. You know, and the he said, she said in an amicable situation, like you said, mum, might just be a misunderstanding and a missed, un, a forgotten memory kind of yep. situation. Is that right? Yep, it, it often is. And one thing too, when you're documenting, don't spend hours and hours and hours doing it. Find a quick way. Um, you know, you might put a file on your computer marked yucky and just flip everything <laughs> into that, you know? Yeah, or, yeah. Or but don't stick rubbish. your head in the sand. No. Don't end up being one of those people that just goes, oh, it's not going to be a problem because then you, it, mm. I have seen so many people go through divorce where they get the, the affidavit close to the trial and they're just like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to have to prove all of this is wrong mm. and I've not got anything in any system and I look there's a there's a lovely lady called one mum's battle um Mm. and she talks about how to do the documentation if your ex is a narcissist or a manipulative or controlling Mm. um if you're high conflict mum the he said she said it's just going to go forever anyway it is and and not for any particular no and it's best to nip it in the bud if you've got any proof send that over good and early and that might before affidavit. Yes, is that right? Yes, yes, yeah. Because it was yeah. in the letters. And and you're giving a good indication to their lawyer, then, aren't you? Really, that That's this right. person's a bit you're of a dobbing. And then lawyers manage <laughs> lawyers manage their clients. They should. Yes. 
They should. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, Mum, have you got any last words for anyone who's currently driving or cleaning or walking and listening to this and dealing with the current huge, he said, she said, affidavit or lawyer letter or trial coming up? In my experience, hardly any of the things that really matter to the court come down to his word or her word against yours. There is almost always proof of the important things. Um, And a lot of the other stuff, um, as the court makes its considerations, uh, becomes less important. Um, it's probably it, the the pain that it causes you, um, these lies from someone that you thought knew you and you thought loved you um, who said these things, that pain is usually disproportionate um, compared to the importance of it in a court case. But, but in the end, you will get through it and, and this is a temporary thing. Now, Mum, we have been giving away a free phone call to you, yep. to you, <laughs> uh, 30 minutes to people who have been reviewing our podcast. Ooh, okay. And this month's winner is Cutest. C-U-T-I-S-T via the Apple podcast. It was, this was done on the 5th of the 6th. It's called Fantastic Relatable Content. This podcast has given me valuable insight into what I need to consider for my property and parenting matters. I found the episodes to be informative, relatable, and well explained for a non-legal guru to understand. I can't thank Laura and Lynn enough for sharing their knowledge. Keep up the amazing work. So that if you, if that's you, please reach please out ring. to us at the divorce course podcast at gmail.com and we will send you and hook you up with uh, a chat with mum and also if this is timely it is the first of june but mum and i are doing a webinar on fdrs and conciliation conferences and releasing something very exciting a new product uh-huh. uh, and that will be coming out on the 11th yes, 11th of, of june, june. yep we're doing a weekend webinar and it booked up so fast, mum. We've had to book as create a second session <laughs> and I thank you for sent, giving us double your time. That's okay. So if you haven't done that, click on the link in the show notes or jump onto the divorcecourse.com.au and book the webinar seat. And if this is later, if you're listening to this years later or months later, we do webinars uh, pretty frequently on different yes. topics. Check it out and um, or go on the list to to be told about it. Yeah. Well, so, you can make requests, Thank you very much, Laura. Um, we're, yes. we're always sort of looking at topics and thinking what we people might, might benefit from. So, yes. Yes, we would love an email um, to the divorce course podcast at gmail.com if you've got some ideas on some topics because we've covered a lot of the basics. We're probably going to have to go over some of it because yes. I've listened to some of it. It's really bad. Oh, but it's not bad, <laughs> it's not bad, bad quality. Yeah, it was, yes, it's not bad. It's just learning and, and that bird <laughs> flew in the window, into the window. Yes, <laughs> it did. So, if you're interested, sign up for the webinar there. I think is about 40 seats left already. So, that's gone pretty quickly for the second. Wow. Session, and we will see you then or we will see you at our next podcast thank you so okay. much mum bye everyone spending time with us bye, Laura. bye bye if you found this podcast helpful we'd love it if you could rate review and subscribe by doing so you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording. 